This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock with the Retirement Detective Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about asset allocation, not specifically how to allocate your assets, but rather what are the different methods which, with which you should analyze your portfolio from an asset allocation perspective. In other words, if you were to make a report for yourself about your portfolio, these are the different ways that I would suggest you slice and dice it. We'll dive into that in today's episode. Now, today's episode is going to be fast because, to be honest, we've had a lot of severe weather here in my area where I record the podcast. We've had the power going in and out for the last several days. Even within the last couple hours, the power's gone in and out. And I honestly don't want the power to go out in the middle of this podcast, so I'm going to wrap it up pretty quick today because about an hour ago, it was off and it just came back on. Hooray, hooray. And so we're happy to have power, and so I'm going to knock out this episode. Now, this episode comes from a question that someone asked me, not through our podcast website, but just um, an individual that I know. It was about how should I look at my portfolio from an asset allocation perspective? And I thought it was a really good question and would make for a pretty quick episode. There are a couple different lenses through which I believe you should look at your portfolio from an asset allocation perspective. And again, not trying to recommend today what your asset allocation should be because I don't know you or your risk tolerance or what your goals are. But when you look at your own portfolio, I'm just going to kind of give you the different lenses that you should have to take a look at it through. First is what I would call the overall asset allocation. And this one's not really going to be probably surprising to most of you, but in my mind, they're really four major lenses through which you should look at your portfolio through from an overall asset class perspective. And that would be how much cash do you have? How much equity do you have or stocks? How much fixed income do you have or bonds? And how much do you have in other things like alternatives? So the first pie chart, if you imagine a pie chart, would have four pie pieces, cash, equity, fixed income, and alternatives. That's kind of like the overall top layer. And then I believe that you'd want to break your those pieces down further. So we'll talk about those. So if you were to break down your equity pie, I think there's a few ways you should look at that. I have three in mind, actually. The first one is from a size perspective. How much of your portfolio is in large companies versus midsize versus small? Sometimes we call this cap size or, or based on market capitalization. So how much of your portfolio is in large cap stocks versus mid cap versus small cap? The next way to slice and dice your portfolio is based on the country 
exposure. So regionally or on a country level, how is your portfolio allocated? How much do you have in U.S. stocks versus other countries? U.S. investors that put most of their stocks in U.S. companies exhibit something called a home country bias where we tend to overinvest in the country that we live in. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that that's what it is and what it's called. So how much of your portfolio is in U.S. companies versus the rest of the world? How much is North America versus South America versus Europe, Asia, Africa, etc.? How much is in developed markets versus emerging markets? These are all good questions to ask. And the third way that I recommend analyzing your equity portfolio piece is from a sector perspective. And this would be looking at the different industries of the companies that are in your equity portfolio. So this is going to be looking at things like how much of your portfolios in energy companies, healthcare companies, industrials, uh, utilities, etc. When you look at your equity portfolio through these three lenses, I think it gives you a pretty solid base to understand exactly what you have and how you're invested from an equity standpoint. Now, switching to fixed income, I have a few different lenses that I suggest for analyzing your portfolio here too. First, for fixed income, fixed income has sectors as well, although they're different than the equity sectors. So examples of fixed income sectors would be government bonds, asset-backed securities, corporate bonds, municipal bonds, etc. So how much of your fixed income portfolio is in the various fixed income sectors? So that's kind of the first analysis. Then another one would be credit quality. How much of your portfolio is invested in bonds that are investment grade or below investment grade or in the A range or the B range or the C range for you know the S&P and Moody rating systems? So that's another realm to look through. The third one is from a, a maturity or duration standpoint. Now to be clear, Duration and maturity are not the same thing, but often they're looked at together. And depending on where you get this data, you may have access to one or the other, but they both kind of point to the same question, which is how short-term or long-term is my fixed income portfolio? How much of that portfolio is short-term bonds, mid-term bonds, long-term bonds, short-term duration, mid-term or long-term? And then... The last one is an overlap with the equity side, and I believe that you should know on your fixed income what your country exposure is and or your region exposure, just like we talked about on fixed income. The other two pie pieces I talked about from the overall are cash and alternatives. Now, cash, I'm not really sure there's a whole lot of ways you can slice and dice that. Now, there are different securities that I think most people would call cash and cash equivalents, but for most people, I don't really know that there's a lot of value in di diving down to that level. So let's just say cash is cash. For alternatives, what I would suggest there, if you have a lot of alternatives, is to understand the different types that you have. Public markets versus private markets. Um, public REITs, private REITs, hedge funds, um, and then you have all the different types of liquid alternative funds like um, market neutral funds, managed futures, arbitrage strategies, et cetera. How much do you have 
in each of these types of strategies. So I think from an alt's perspective, that's probably what I would suggest. There are some sources online available to do some of this research. Maybe you work with an advisor that can do this for you and it's part of their you know, recurring reports that they send, et cetera. But whether you do it yourself or you have someone doing it for you, I think you should know where you stand on this. It helps you explain things. Let's say that you look at your portfolio and you're just not really sure why your fixed income has been underperforming and maybe we're in an environment where interest rates are rising and, and rising pretty rapidly at that. So in that case, you know, let's say you, you, you do some of this analysis, you, you figure out how much fixed income you have, you look at all your exposures, and you discover that the majority of your fixed income is in really long-term bonds, you know, with plus 20 year, years to maturity left. Well, in a rising rate environment, the value of fixed income typically falls, and therefore, really long-term bonds are going to bear the brunt of that and have a, a pretty decent market value loss. So that would be a really easy way to explain why you perhaps have outperformed or underperformed, excuse me. The point is to know what you have so that you can explain why your portfolio acts in a certain way. And it's not, it is sometimes a challenge to find the data. You have to use, you know, a third party resource generally to kind of identify this. But once you have the info, it's, it's just basic math. It's adding, dividing percentages. It's not hard. So I would suggest trying to do it through maybe a resource you can find online or ask your advisor to do it if they don't already and see what you've got. You might be surprised. And I think that's why it's really important is you should at no times be surprised by what you own. You should know what you own at all times. Now, lastly, everything I've said today, I believe applies whether or not you own things directly, like you, you buy individual stocks and individual bonds directly, or whether you do your investing through funds like mutual funds and ETFs. Most of these resources online should be able to look through any funds that you own to see what they hold on the inside. So I believe that everything I've talked about today would be applicable, whether you're directly investing in stocks and bonds or you're investing in these through funds. At the end of the day, if you don't know what you own, then you also don't know how you should reallocate when it's time or perhaps where to buy and sell from as you have cash coming into your accounts or coming out. So knowing where you are and comparing that to where you either want to be or think you should be gives you those steps almost like if I'm here and I want to get to here, that sort of gives you the tools to know when and where and how to rebalance because you can say, well, I, I want to have this much in this category and I currently have this much and I'm off and I'm off by this much. So I know how much I need to apply to that category or take away. That's all for today. Just keep in mind that it's not rocket science. Don't be afraid of it. See what you can find out about your portfolio. I think you will find it to be a valuable exercise. I wish you well, and we'll see you next week. 
This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer, and any reference to such is for entertainment purposes only.